Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On today's show, I talk to author Sarah Bennett about her approach to writing the perfect romance novel. My name is Justin Hamilton, and let's get Kissy Kissy Behind the Sheds here on Big Squid. for joining me for our penultimate episode of Big Squid for Season 5. We only have one more next week, and that is the finale of our latest season of Deep Dive Directors, where Ben Elwood and I discuss David Lynch's Inland Empire, a doozy of a movie to end a doozy of a series. It's all the doozies! Uh, Hang around for the end of the podcast where I have some information on on how my Big Squid listeners can use uh, discount codes to buy tickets for shows I'm performing in Adelaide, Sydney and Melbourne. That's a live Big Squid recording in Adelaide and a brand new solo show, Little Victories, in Sydney and Melbourne. Anyone who saw me in Adelaide knows I accidentally created the new live show in front of your very eyes. It was just meant to be a headline spot. Turned out to be a show. So, Adelaide... Don't be afraid to let your friends in Sydney and Melbourne know that it's it's good, right? Come on, back me on this one. Uh, I'll give you more information about that at the end of the podcast. All my Patreon subscribers have an episode dedicated to them. And today's shout out goes to Michelle Falzen, who was making me laugh last week on the Patreon site with her enjoyment of the latest Pass the Amel episode. Michelle, yes. I enjoyed saying marsupial wear baby too. And uh, she also shared how much she uh, really enjoyed Thor, Love and Thunder. And there was a real joy to how much she enjoyed it. And she was also very funny uh, talking about how she hadn't listened to the podcast yet and she figured that everyone was on her side. (laughs) Michelle, I shared your love with Adam Richard and we're thinking maybe we might have to sub you in for the furious Ben Elwood for the next Marvel movie. Don't tell Ben. He hates it when he's left out. (laughs) 
Uh, thanks for being a great supporter, Michelle, and I hope you enjoy this conversation today. And I'm excited for this podcast with Sarah Bennett, not only because we get to unpack a genre I'm not that familiar with, but also, well, you know what? Let the interview do the heavy lifting. Let's bring in Sarah now. So in radio, there's always that cliche of uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, and this is literally what is happening right now. Long-time listener, first-time podcaster, you have been listening to this podcast for a long time, and is is it weird to know that for once you can hear my voice and you can respond and get another response in return? It's very strange. Yeah. It really is. It's quite <laughs> surreal. Um, I was saying to you earlier about how um, when you listen to a podcast, you form a, a like a one-sided relationship with the person because it's quite um, it's quite an intimate form of communication, yeah. isn't it? Because you, you know it's very informal and very chatty, so you do kind of feel like you get to know the person. Um, and uh, I think, as I said to you when I was listening to you chatting to Will Anderson and he was saying about the England and, and India cricket match and he was upset he had no one to chat to and I thought, oh, you could talk to me about that yeah. and then I thought, no, you're a random internet stranger, behave yourself. Yeah, so. we have not quite met yet. Yeah, there is something about the intimacy of podcasts because you listen to the, you know, in your car by yourself or on headphones or it's, you know, in the lounge room while you're, you know, getting dinner ready or something, you know, so it is, it's a different experience, isn't it? To, uh, yeah, very much so. And uh, although he is part of my journey to being here today, um, because uh, it's one of those six degrees of separation things, because uh, I, um, I'm i blaming Dave Anthony for all of this, because ah. I listened to the dollop, yep. and then Will was on some of the live shows, yep. and he was really funny, so then... Uh, they mentioned a couple of his podcasts, and so then I was listening to that, and then I really got into listening to Fofop. Right. And you were on there a lot, and then I was really interested in what you had to say, and that made me then kind of move to Big Squid, and 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 here I am. So it's 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 a kind of weird Venn diagram of of, of how this has happened. That's so funny, so, yeah. isn't it? It's great to kind of put all of those uh, things together. You know, with that in mind, yeah. what what is the secret origin of Sarah Bennett? Like when was the moment that you decided that maybe writing was something that you wanted to explore as a, as a craft and, and be a, a way to express yourself? Um, it, it came about because uh, I was, uh, thanks to the joys of the internet, um, I was friends with you know well you sort of say friends but you know internet friends with quite a lot of writers who books whose books I'd enjoyed and I'd interacted with them um and my husband was going away on deployment because he was in the military well just retired but yeah at the time was in the military um and um a friend of mine who's a writer had said to me you know oh well you know you love books and you love reading uh we're doing this thing called um NaNoWriMo which is National Novel Writing Month it happens every November um, and it's it's a really kind of fun inclusive thing that everybody can do and the idea is that you write a book in in a month right which sounds bananas but yeah. it's it's 50,000 words in 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 30 days yeah and they have a, a online tools and they've got a tracker that you can try and do um uh, spoiler alert it did I didn't write a book in 30 right. days <laughs> I absolutely didn't but they were kind of like you know because I was a bit worried about coming home from work and, and because of the time of year it was and he was going to be away for Christmas and you know 
it's it's a really rubbish time of year to kind of feel isolated and be on your own. And they were like, well, this could be a really good distraction for you. Yep. And I said, well, I don't know what I'd write about. And they were like, well, you know, we'll brainstorm a few ideas. Um, so I thought, well, you know, why not? I'll give it a try. Um, and uh, as I say, I, I wrote and I wrote and, and it took me a lot longer than a month, but it kept me kind of occupied. And then and I was really interested in it. Um, and then I was uh, I was friends with some authors who uh, wrote a series of novellas that were kind of in a shared world and interconnected. So lots of different authors, but all in the same setting and you could kind of interact your books. And one of them said to me, oh, I, I've seen you've been chatting and that you've been talking about writing. Um, you know, you know more about this series than anybody else. You should write a book for it. And I just thought that was hilarious because I was like, well, you know, you're being stupid. This is this is just something I'm messing around with. Um, and then I sort of thought about it over the weekend. And this idea for a story just literally showed up in my head. It just went, here we go. This is a completely fully formed idea. These are the characters. This is the story. Um, and, and so I wrote it. Um, and I guess it was a lot easier because, um, you know, your, your sort of target for a novella is sort of between 20 and 30,000 words. Right. So it seemed like something that I could have a go at yep. and see if I could actually do it and get to the end of it. Um, so, uh, so I wrote this book with this novella and I thought, well, I'm just going to send it, you know, I'm not even going to think about it anymore. Right. I'm just going to send it off and see what they think. Cause then I'll, you know, it'll give me an idea of whether or not, you know, it's it's up to anything, uh, and um, and then they sort of were messaging me in my DM saying, "Oh, you need to set up an author profile for <laughs> um, this other pen name because we're going to send you a contract." And um, you know, here we go. So, um, so yeah, so that was it. But I mean, the book was terrible. I mean, it wasn't terrible. My voice was there, right. and the story was there. But I had no idea how to write. Literally, no idea how to write at all um it's definitely it's kind of like learning to drive it's you know that, that there's a technicality to it and there is a skill to it and there are specific rules and styles even within your own voice and I was very very lucky that um the people that I worked with there taught me the craft of writing right nice um, so uh so I you know so I went through you know a fairly torturous editing process yeah oh man <laughs> which is a bit of a trial by fire I'm telling you now the first yeah. and it it does get easier but it does take a long time and you do have to kind of separate your own ego away from from the the process because it is because it's a really intimate thing writing yeah. it's you know it's from your heart it's a really personal thing and then for somebody to come along and, and criticize it but it's not a criticism it's a critique yeah and there's a difference between the two, and it yeah. takes a while to understand that, that it's not a personal thing. It's about improving your story. It's about improving your technique. It's about, you know, delivering the best, for want of a better word, the best product that you can because you are offering a product to people. You want them to give you money yeah, um, and feel like they've, they've, you know, that it's a good exchange for 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 um for, for that money yeah um so I so I worked with this small publisher um and had a whale of a time and wrote loads of little novellas um and it was brilliant and I loved it um but I didn't make any really make a lot of money with it um because 
that's the very difficult world of publishing and small yeah. publishing in particular. Um, uh, but we were lucky at the time. Well, I was lucky in the time because we were living out in Belgium and there weren't really any jobs out there for me. So I actually had the time and it was kind of, it, it gave me something to do. I think I'd have gone stir crazy otherwise. Yeah. So, it, it, I, so I had a couple, you know, sort of 18 months of doing that. And I thought, you know, well, we were going back to the UK and I said to my husband, look, I'm, I'm just going to have to go and get a job when we get back because, you know, this was great fun, but, you know, it's not going to pay the bills right. sort of thing. Um, and then just before we were going, uh, I dug out that first book that I'd written under that NaNoWriMo project, which was completely different tonally and voice-wise. Uh, and I thought, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, God, this is a mess. I need to sort it out. But I also wasn't sure... Um, it would have been a lot of investment and I wanted to see whether or not it was actually um, worth that investment or whether I was barking up the wrong tree with it. So um, so I sent it off, which isn't what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to edit and edit and edit and edit and polish and polish before you send something off. Um, but I didn't. I sent it off um, to a digital publisher that were part of HarperCollins. Um, and they came back to me and said, we'd like to talk to you about this. Uh, so literally the first thing I said on the call was, look, I know it needs social work. <laughs> and they were like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So then I explained the situation and then they were like, right, well, you know, you're getting an editing letter. And I was like, no, that's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, and and sorry. And that became my first Sarah Bennett book. Yeah. Well, that's the thing sometimes. Sometimes you just have to jump into the fire because yeah. uh, especially with writing, you can, and I've I've been. Uh, th- that's one of the things that I loved about stand up, especially you know here in Australia, you had to do a brand new show every year, and it just forced you to get to a point where it's like, well, there's nothing I can do now. I'm opening tonight. I can't stop. Uh, I have to stop writing and and adding to it, and I just have to do it. And with work where I don't have. Uh, a schedule or I don't have a, a definitive uh, timeline that I need to work towards. I've got so much stuff that's just floating around here in the ether because you, ah, uh, you know, I've lost a bit of momentum on that. Ah, uh, I'll get back to it. Uh, and I think that's a really smart move to make where you just go, you know what, I know what I'm meant to do, but I'm just going to put this out there into the world now and at least even even if that doesn't get picked up, it does create a, a level of forward momentum where you can uh, go, okay, now I've got the process starting to work and then you can work towards that. But it worked out well for you. It did. Yeah. I mean, I still had to get a job when I went back to the UK yeah. and, and for... Uh, for quite a long time, I was writing while I was, um, while I was working as well. Um, because, you know, spoiler alert, you don't make a huge amount of money oh, writing. I mean, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm I'm not going to complain. I I make a living wage, um, and I am very very grateful and very lucky um, that I make enough um, writing that it's something that I could do full time. Yeah, but it, it's for a lot of people, and it's not anything to do with the quality of their writing uh, or anything else like that. It's it's there's so much luck involved and, and hitting something at the right time and, 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 you know, getting a, an opportunity for, for a book to do well. And that, and really, you know, just keeping going um, and, and building some momentum. I mean, the, the biggest thing I've got going for me now is the fact that I've got a backlist. Right. So if somebody finds my book, finds one of my books and enjoys it, then, you know, they'll be like, Oh, wow, this is great. Cause, 
you know, there's four series now of, of, of books that I can kind of go and have a wallow in. And, and so if you're, you know, if you're a bit of a binger, like we binge watch and, and things like that, people, you know, certainly a lot of um, romance readers, uh, we are big bingers. Yeah. So there's nothing that's more exciting than discovering a new author and discovering that they've got loads of books for oh, you yeah. to really heaps here. get invested in. Yeah. You do. And then, you know, and uh, I had a, a lovely lady recently and I've watched her progression because she's in a, in a little kind of Facebook group that I'm also in. And I've watched her progression through my books. Great. And watched her kind of finish and then get the next one and finish and get the next one and finish and get the next one. And it's been really lovely. It's been, it's really, that's so rewarding to me to, to have somebody, you know, invested enough in, in what I've done to, to kind of just keep downloading the next one and the next one. So, so yeah, that, I mean, that's, but that's the kind of feedback I can cope with. I couldn't, I mean, stand up to me is, is, that um that would terrify me. Oh. I, I I need I need I need a layer of yeah. kind of protection between yeah. me and that feedback. I don't want instant in my face feedback. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I hadn't started at such a young age, it would never have happened. But I was too young yeah. to realise how terrifying it was. I was at that age where it's just like, how exciting is this? And by the time, you know, you like had a bit of a dream run when I first started in the duo I was in. And it was, it was a few months in before we had like a properly bad gig. And by that stage, <laughs> you had enough good times that you could refer to that. But, uh, but you know, it's like now, if, if I'd, even if I'd been 30 and someone said you should try stand-up, I'd be like, what? No way. That looks awful. <laughs> and uh, I'm only just getting back to not thinking it's awful now, ironically. Mm. Um, so, But it's one of those things, isn't it, that you have that sense of, you know, you have, um, you don't have enough experience to have built up enough fear yeah. or understanding of the consequences. Yeah. Um, so you've got that sort of sense of, bravery or yeah or, or stupidity <laughs> stupidity or you've got you've got equity yeah. in the good times as well you've got a good yeah and you're naive enough that you yeah that you know you've still got that innocence that you know and you're not as cynical as we are now at our age <laughs> right right no it's funny you expect the worst you expect the best don't you and you know rather than now we're kind of yeah, what's the worst that's going to happen? And <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. Well, it's so. funny. I've kind of uh, I've I've shifted right around where it's like I, I, you know what it was. It was doing less, deciding to do mm. less of it. Actually, brought back the fun of it and found a, mm. you know uh, with, with whatever art form you work in, you got to find your ways through the maze to get to that uh, point yeah. where you are feeling a level of grace with it. So, which I've well, managed to I mean, stumble when, into. Sorry. One of the reasons that I um, that um, FOFOP really helped me was because uh, I got into that. Um, I was already really kind of tired and burned out, um, and really, really struggling with with awful writer's block. Mm. Um, and I'd actually gone to my uh, to my publisher and said, you know, I don't think I can do this. Um, and, and I'd said to them, so if you want to, because we hadn't announced. Uh, my contract so I said if you want to cancel it then I'll understand completely um because I just I can't I can't do it to the you know to the deadlines we've agreed I can't do it I should have never signed up to 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 this yeah. uh, and they were just amazing and they said don't even worry about it you know it happens to everybody at some point why don't we just push everything back for 12 months and you just forget about it 
and then you know obviously keep in touch but there's no pressure on you there's no deadlines on you um and we were also at the time just about to because we were you know always always the trendsetters here in the UK we were ahead of you guys um with the old pandemic <laughs> yeah. um so it all hit at the same time so you know so I was stuck at home um uh, I was living in the UK my husband was working abroad uh, and it had been fine before because I've been able to travel backwards and forwards backwards and forwards right and then of course suddenly that stopped um and you couldn't go anywhere and there was that whole kind of existential fear that everybody had because uh it was just everywhere. Uh, it was on the news 24-7. It was on your socials 24-7. It just, you couldn't get away from it. Um, so the first thing I did was I stopped watching the news. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, You're not alone with that. I, sort of, <laughs> I know quite a no, few people. And then I started listening to stuff. And one of the things I was listening to was Fofop. Um, and it was listening to... Um, to, to Will and, and all you guys talking about your craft and how you went about doing your job and how you went about doing stand-up and what it meant to you and, and the different processes. So it was listening to people talking about being creative, but in a in a non-pressurised atmosphere for me because it wasn't people talking about writing. Yeah, right. When yeah. I was already feeling so bad about writing that the idea of listening to a podcast aimed at writers or about writing or, or books or anything like that would was just, you know, would have just added another layer of stress and, you know, I can't do this. So it was that sort of adjacent but connected and listening to, to, to people that really, I can't describe how much it helped me, which seems a bit weird for what was kind of a fun podcast, but you it did get very technical, a lot of um, the conversations because, you know, it was, you know, two comedians talking to each other about what you did and how you did it and your approach and things like that. It really, it, it, it sort of unlocked something in my head about thinking about the creative process and, 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 and how I went about that. So that was actually quite a significant part of my recovery. Yeah. Of my kind of, you know, getting back into thinking about stuff creatively. And then, um, and then when you did the deep dive on The Watchmen. Right. Again, for me, that was another step forward because I was looking at it in this as a creative storytelling process, yeah, and the characterizations. And because we went so in depth with it, um, again, that really helped me, uh, you know, look at how writing works and, and how you build a story and, and, and how you put the action in and, and character development, and everything else like that. So, um, that was that was part of it as well. So, uh, um, and then I was able to read because that was the worst thing for me was I hadn't even been able to read. Right. Um, it, uh, and that's something I've always done. Yeah. But I just was, I was so kind of mentally and emotionally flat that I just, there was nothing. Yeah. So then reading was then another step into to getting back to it. Um, and then eventually I thought I'm just going to have to open my laptop and 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 see. And, <laughs> and I had a panic attack. Great. <laughs> <laughs> And then I kind of did a bit of deep breathing and a bit, and I and I chatted to my friends and I was like, I've got my laptop open. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And they were like, Well, shut your laptop then. And I was like, Well, no, I've got this far. I'm going to try. And they were like, Well, try a hundred words. Yeah. Try a hundred words. And I was like, Okay. And so I did a hundred words. And then I thought, Oh, maybe I could do another hundred. And I did. I did about five hundred words in that session. 
and it was and I think they were terrible but it didn't matter it was Do, the fact doesn't that, matter yeah you know, that, that you've got to get I, it I'd out actually I opened my document yeah. and that was the thing I couldn't even open the file that was how bad it had got yeah so um uh, it's it's a very strange thing to explain to people um, but I guess if you you know if, if you've had sort of stage fright or performance anxiety or something else like that you just it's there's no rationalizing around it you just have to work your way through the process there's no shortcuts to it so so for me you know sort of being adjacently creative and listening to people who were creative but without the pressure just um helped me find my way back and um and fingers and everything else crossed I'm kind of five books later yeah <laughs> back on the roll <laughs> and I'm still fine yeah I'm still fine yeah. you know I still sometimes think god this is the worst thing I've ever written in my life but yeah. that's just a natural part of the process that's what we do I, so. I never but, trust anyone yeah. who doesn't have that feeling like I'm always no. bothered by people saying this is the greatest thing I've ever made and you go oh I don't know about that but uh but I'm, I'm similar to you actually in that I will kind of look towards other art forms when I'm a little bit uh you know the the cupboard feels bare for say stand up or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to my poor uh, manager's chagrin, I, I I kind of like to create different things, which in in a in a very concert like I don't mean this in a um, derogatory way, but in a very conservative market where people just want to know, hey, if I go and see this person, I'm going to get a new show but it will be in a similar format to one that I feel comfortable with. Uh, you know, I can understand why some people would come along to some of the uh, the one-person plays I've done and stuff like that and just be like, why isn't he just holding a microphone and telling jokes? Just, to, you know, tell us about Married at First Sight. That's what we want to hear about or stuff like that. But I just get uh, creatively stuck and bored by that. And so often I will be looking to other art forms to find the inspiration. Like a, I, I did a show, uh, created a show a long time ago now called uh, Purple Cows, which was uh, about, um, it was based on uh, this thing that I'd read about a guy talking to um, uh, his daughter and then saying, you know, if, if she sees brown cows and she sees spotty cows, but then she says she sees a purple cow and he says, well, purple cows don't exist. And then it's like, Oh well, now that you've told her that, she'll never see purple cows. Like it's that's the theory, and I loved that so much. I created a show about it, but I worked out the the way I put it together, and I, it would it would never quite make sense to anyone except th- for my own process. I based it on uh, a series of Grant Morrison uh, graphic novels. Then uh, there were three, and I could kind of the the rhythm of those three graphic novels. I could kind of put into a uh, a basic three-act structure, which allowed me to move through to the conclusion that I wanted to reach. Uh, same with listening to a little bit of music. You know, you you hear a bit of music and you go, "Oh, I want to." There's a there's a feeling in that music. There's something that is hitting me in a in an emotional state, and I want to take that and then I want to put it through the prism of what I can do in stand up, and I want to see if I can. Uh, achieve that same feeling for anyone and sometimes you do sometimes you don't like you know you just but that's that's the creative process Uh, to to actually uh, you know what you were saying about you couldn't go near podcasts about writing books or read a book Uh, 
one of the things that happened to me was I just kind of fell out of love with stand-up for a while. I got sick of the scene. I'd been in it for well over 20 years. I got I it it was nobody's fault, but I had seen generations of comics come through all complaining and talking and succeeding about the same things and and I was just it was dry. It was like ash in my mouth and so you know, people would say to me, hey, have you checked out the latest insert name of comedians special? And it's like, fuck, no, that is the last thing I want to engage with at the moment. So finding finding other avenues, I think, is is the smart way to reignite that, that passion and what you do. Mm. And have you found, because um, it's certainly been that way for me, but have you found through this podcast, and and talking to different people, you know, talking to people, not necessarily me, but people like me, who you might not have interacted with otherwise, um, and talking creatively and, and talking about, you know, going deeper in depth with with different things, with films and TV shows and and, and seeing something from another person's point of view um, and, and, and kind of expanding your, you know, being open to that kind of discussion because that's one of the things um that I've really missed with the ever increasing kind of um I don't know if try well tribalism has connotations but I hope that, yeah you know, I know what you I'm mean not being disrespectful yeah when I use that yeah but we, we've people have become more and more entrenched um in their views about everything yeah um including light entertainment even yeah. Um, and being able to sort of have a space where you can have an adult conversation yeah. where you can politely disagree with people um, and have a differing opinion um, and not have someone kind of blow up in your face because you've had a different interpretation to to, to, to some form of media or, or whatever. Uh, I found that incredibly refreshing and I wondered if that was, because uh, it's been interesting to, to sort of observe um your process as you've gone from you know no I'm done with this to rediscovering your interest in in stand-up and, and and going back and gigging again that that's been that's been quite you know if that's not too sort of creepy that's no, been quite no. an interesting process to watch you, right. if, I, if that you know to watch somebody else go through similar sort of process to me but in a in a different way it, it you know that that's been kind of quite interesting and quite reassuring that you know that this is something that that we go through that, that you know that it's okay to kind of fall in out of love with the thing um and it's really rewarding when you find a way back or you watch somebody else find their way back towards something so uh, yeah it's interesting I just wondered if if, if you if some of the feedback and and some of that interaction in doing this podcast and exploring lots of different things that you're interested in, whether that's been part of that recovery process oh, for you? Yeah, look, I reckon probably on a on a very subtle level, you know, it's like it's not something that I was looking for. If anything, like mm. I think I may have mentioned on the podcast before, but I was lucky last year. I was really busy uh, with lots of different. Uh, projects that I was and sh- TV shows I was working on. So mm. when the live scene reopened again, at first I didn't go back because I thought it was churlish to go and take money away from, say, a young comic who really needs mm. that week of gigs. It, it, it just felt a bit off if I went and then took that week of gigs on top of everything else, the good luck that I'd had. So, But then I just kind of talked myself into, ah, I'm done. 
I'm done. Mm. It, oh, well, I guess it's over. And you know what? It was great. I had a really good time. Didn't perform for seven or eight months. And then the uh, comedy store, which is just down the road, they got in February got wiped out by COVID. They, six of the nine acts got cancelled and they were, you know, grasping for people who were healthy and could do it. And I said, yeah, I'll go down. And like, you know, I, I'm in a pretty lucky position that I can just say yes to the comedy store, which is this brilliant uh, venue. So I went down. I did the two gigs and then I spoke to my manager on the Sunday and she said, how did it go? I said, well, I'm really fucking angry. I went, I had a good time. I remembered I was good at this. I said some new things that I'd never said before and I had a really nice time and I've never been angrier. <laughs> I remember I remember you being so pissed off Furious. about the fact that you had a good time. Damn I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. I, I- no, I was just thinking that, you know, I completely understand about the, you know, you don't want to take somebody's slot. Yeah. But there's also the flip side of it that, you know, with a more established name on the bill, particularly in these times when people are still a bit hesitant about going out, you know, your name might be something that gets people out when they wouldn't otherwise. And then, you know, if there's, other people on the bill that they wouldn't necessarily have turned out for that gives them a showcase. I, I know it's a really difficult yeah. position and I pre- I completely appreciate the fact you didn't want to take that spot, but there's also the actually sometimes somebody who is more established is something that's going to attract people and then they'll discover somebody else as, a, as an aside to that. They came to see you, but actually then, you know, a couple of the other people that were on the bill who, you know, otherwise they'd have been like, no, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's it's I'm going to stay at home in my pajamas. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it takes a lot these days to get people to, to <laughs> come to, out of their lounge area. Yeah, yeah, call it, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. So that's that's kind of a, a, a you know that's a, that's that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Is is that? Uh, but it's I mean it's it's a really sort of difficult tightrope to walk. Absolutely, and I, I you yeah know, I completely respect. I, I think there know, were comedians. On that, I but, think yeah. there were comedians of my level who who mm. weren't working, you know, who yeah. have kids. Who didn't have and something else. have a yeah, mortgage, yeah. you know. No, no, so no, no. Yeah, yeah. The, I was th- I was thinking about them as well as, you know, mm. some, some of the younger mm. younger people as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I'm pretty self-sufficient and that is an absolute uh, boon in tough times because <laughs> you know 100%. how to just batten yeah. down the hatches and it's like, right, yeah. We're going to make this happen. This is going to be fine, you know. And uh, I really felt for some of my friends who, um, yeah. look, don't don't get me wrong. I do material about people who are uh, <laughs> my friends who had to raise their kids and <laughs> who kept who kept telling me, "You don't know how good you have it." And I was like, "I do. I do know how good I, I have do. it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look how smooth my skin we is. <laughs> Absolutely, we do. We look amazing. We're nearly fifty. We look great. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. No children. Turns out. Uh, you know, you can sleep in when you want to sleep in. You can eat when you want to eat. And, uh, you know, I love kids, but they seem to be germ machines. And uh, they're yeah. not bringing home random, you know, plagues of sorts from, you know, childcare, etc. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I felt so desperately sorry for, for you know, my friends with children. Yeah. Um, because, my goodness, I, I, I was struggling to look after myself and, and to be even vaguely halfway kind of present and healthy for myself. Um, you know, so I, I'm absolutely in awe of, of everybody who, you know, managed to get through, Yeah. you know, and didn't kind of 
fall completely off the ledge because yeah. you know I was I was fine I was able to sit around in my dressing gown and <laughs> eat microwave food and yeah. you know and listen to podcasts and and sleep anytime I wanted to just to get through the day yeah. but but um, you know trying to manage all of that trying to you know educate your children trying to hold down a job trying to you know deal with your own kind of fear and also manage your children's fear because it was just everywhere yeah and you know I'm not saying that it wasn't right to be you know afraid and and you know because we we just didn't know did we no. we, we really didn't know and it's still you know it's still pretty scary oh <laughs> yeah time every, yeah you know well you know you and I have both we both got through it really well and then suddenly we're like I think I feel like everybody I know who didn't get COVID before has been getting COVID it's yeah. just it, it's everywhere um and it's you know it's not over whatever people say or whatever people you know want to believe or you know I understand you know we all got tired of it but you know that's no excuse to just be like well I'm bored with this now yeah. so can we not oh, I'm so <laughs> bored of my house being on fire I'm yeah. just gonna go yeah. to bed yeah but your house is still on <laughs> yeah, fire just- yeah. <laughs> um it might not be in the morning <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> you'll be you'll be wrapped to be uh uh covered in ashes keeping you warm but um <laughs> you know uh, something that we, we kind of moved on from it and i uh want to go back to quickly which is hmm. did did you have any inkling before you started writing that it would be romance novels or if, if you'd been asked before what genre do you think you may have been writing Oh, it would have always been romance because yeah, okay. I, um, I mean, I read all sorts of things um, when I was um, when I was younger, and I still do. But most of what I read now is kind of romance adjacent, right? If that makes sense. So even if I read stuff that's kind of uh, science fiction or fantasy or historical or you know suspense novels or whatever, it's it's through the lens of um, there being a romance at the at, at the core of it yeah. because um, it just you get all the good stuff from those genres, but you also get a happy ending, and you know that's what I mean. <laughs> I yeah. want stuff that makes me feel good, even if I'm scared while I'm reading it, even if I'm you know even if I get upset while I'm reading it, you know even if I go through a big emotional roller coaster, there's something about that sort of safety net at the end that, you know, whatever else happens and, and and whatever journey they go on and whatever journey I go on emotionally as I'm as I'm going through that story, I I know, you know, the good stuff will be there at the yeah. end for me. And 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 you know, who doesn't want to read something that makes you feel better at the end of it? So right. Well that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. So you've listened to this podcast, yeah. Ben Elwood. He's the one who wants to read <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, you know, you know what I do with my his birthday and I posted that uh, um, the, the blue, the grumpy care bear, and that is Ben, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, he's um, as I say to him, he's less grumpy. He's just more passionate. That's uh, that's what's going on with yeah. young Benjamin. Yeah. But the yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, so people wouldn't realise this, but I had invited you onto this podcast uh, a while back, and you were very much like, ah, no, 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 no. I don't know if your listeners would want to listen to that. And I have a feeling that uh, a certain Alice Fraser turned your head on that. Is that is that would that be correct when she was talking about romance novels and you actually were like, wait a minute, this seems to be going quite well. Is there, is that is that what turned you? And 
off the back of that, have you had a bad experience talking about your work with people before and that's what made you a bit, uh, I'm not sure or I'm up for this? Well, I mean, honestly, if you write romance, then, you know, you, you kind of, you develop a fairly thick skin about the fact that everybody is going to be, you know, not everybody, but generally, you know, although it is the absolute powerhouse behind publishing. Yeah. Um, it's it's the most derided kind of of the genres. Um, and, uh, it, you know, we've kind of um, grown a fairly thick skin about that. And, uh, you know, we can talk about systemic misogyny and why, you know, an industry that is, although less so, there are more men who are getting into writing romance, which is great and more power to them. Um, but why, you know, something that's traditionally been viewed as written by women for women, yeah. um, why that's a lesser form of any other writing, um, you know, and that's something that, that, that Alice definitely talked about. Yeah. I just was kind of, um, you know, part of it was crossing the streams. You know, this is, this is a podcast that I love um, and, and it's not connected to, to what I do right. necessarily. Um, so it was, it was also kind of like wanting to preserve a thing that's, that's, that's personal to me. Yeah. Uh, that's nothing to do with, with, with my writing. Um, and also, yeah, I didn't want, you know, the people who are listening to feel like I was kind of, you know, imposing what I do and, and, and what is interesting to me, but then you, you, you've covered so many different things. And I, I think that, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff that you talk about, that isn't necessarily something that I'm personally invested in. Yeah. Um, but I do find it interesting. And there are some things that, that, you know, things that you've talked about and things that you've covered that I've then gone and checked out and I've really enjoyed it. And there's other things that I've gone and checked out and thought, no, that's not for me. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's, but that's cool, isn't yeah. it? It doesn't yeah. mean that it wasn't an interesting conversation and it wasn't, um, I didn't learn something about the people um, that you talked to about it. So, so then I thought, well, you know, why not? And, and I, you know, it was nice to have a chat with you. That was kind of, Worked you know, well. that was the bottom line, yeah. really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is it, you know, let's have, how nice to kind of have the opportunity um, to, to have a kind of screen-to-face chat. Yeah. So... So here I am. But we have been trying to do this for a long time. It's been going on for a long time. But, yeah, you know, uh, because the uh, because uh, the podcast started off as a TV pitch, that's what it was meant to be, mm-hmm. and then mm. that didn't go anywhere. And so I I thought it was going to be done after Watchmen, and it was actually 
uh, COVID that made me go, well, I've got this podcast here and I did that second season on uh, mm. the Bowie album Black Star. And then it was like this third season that I was, well, let's look at all sorts of things. And that's where, uh, like, I'm really, uh, I feel like this is the season where everything's really clicked together and what I wanted it to be. Things like, mm. uh, you know, Garth Jones and Parsi Amel and all of his uh, osploitation knowledge yeah. has been See- fantastic. I mean, exploitation is not a thing that really means anything to me beyond kind of, I think the only thing that's really kind of filtered over here was the Mad Max films yep. and, and that sort of thing. So really that's the only uh, sort of experience from it. And and they're not generally that easy to, to watch. And I'm not sure that, you know, things with kind of biker cannibals and stuff like that, <laughs> it's not my idea of an entertainment form, <laughs> yeah. but I do absolutely love you guys talking about it because listening to somebody who is passionate about a thing talk about that, you know, that their their passion I, I think is 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 really interesting. And yeah. and and you know that that in itself is is a form of entertainment for me. It doesn't matter to me whether I've watched the films or not. It's really interesting yeah. to listen to those conversations and and uh, uh and and hear about people's influences and and uh, you know talk about you know geopolitical stuff uh, and 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 how the industry's worked and things like that so i uh, you know i don't think you have to be invested in a specific thing to to find a discussion about it interesting yeah. or at least I hope or you know maybe everybody's turned off by now no no not at all no 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 not at all you know i, I think uh, one of the ethos of the podcast is to express curiosity and to engage with that. I think a lot of people, and that was my experience of, you know, commercial TV and commercial radio, you'd say, hey, here's an idea. And people wouldn't say, oh, what's that? They'd say, I don't know what that is. Shut down. And that's what I find really frustrating. And so uh, being able to engage with, you know, yourself and then, you know, like Chris Herring, whose book about the New York Knicks in the 90s had that, you know, that marvellous chat with Ryan Hughes and his crazy XX, which was just a masterpiece. And then yeah. Australian author Alex Hammond, you know, that's, a you know, like a and mystery forgive story. Forgive me, I forget his name, but your great friend who's the jazz musician. Oh, Nick. Yeah, Nick Hampton. Yeah. You know, it's fun. Jazz isn't my thing, but, you know, as in it's not something that I've, you know, I'm aware of jazz and I've yeah. listened to jazz and I've enjoyed jazz, but I'm not, I'm not a jazz aficionado. Yeah. But that didn't matter because it's fascinating to, to listen to somebody else's, you know, creative process and journey and, and, and what the thing that they're passionate about means to them. So, yeah. And he's yeah, super I've, cool. I've, I've, he's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> like very he's properly cool. cool. It's like, uh, it's, it, if I pointed him out to someone, you'd immediately go, he plays instrument in a jazz band, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's great. Um, so, uh, I have to ask you some questions about your writing process because uh, I have all these questions that I'd written down for you and we have not really gotten to as many of them, which is great. But I, I do want to ask you some things uh, about yeah. the process. So uh, you, so what are some of the rules for a romance novel? Are there rules that you have to abide by and are there rules that are less rules or uh, but more suggestive ideas that you're that you can engage with and what's something that you shouldn't break okay um well I think really the number one 
thing for a romance, for it to be a romance and rather than romantic fiction, which is a completely different thing, but we can kind of talk about that in a minute. If you are going to market a book as a romance, if you are going to call yourself a romance writer, then however you get there, at the end of the story, you must have delivered um, either a happy ever after Mm -hmm. or a happy for now, because sometimes there are books that that sort of um, you're just in the process of, of starting uh, a journey with a couple. So some people will write a, a series of books that are about the same couple. Yeah, uh, I don't do that. I have I have a separate um, kind of hero and heroine for each book. Yeah, um, or whatever your permutation of happy ending is. Um, you know, I'm I'm you know a sort of cis white straight woman, and so I tend to write about what I know. So so my my books are conventional. Um, and traditional one of the brilliant things about romance now is is how diverse it is um, particularly um, in the independent world so sorry this is a tangent but I just want to really be um, clear about it so if one of the things that turns people off romance is is they look at people like me that write it and think I've got nothing you know you and I are are, are, you know we've got nothing in common Um, so I'm not interested in reading about characters that are sort of like you and I perfectly understand that but you know there are so many um you know sort of uh, diverse people uh, in romance now so if people want those kind of recommendations you know come in the Facebook group come in the big squid group tell me what you're looking for yeah um and I will find a recommendation for you if I don't know I've got lots of connections that I can go and I will speak to my friends and say, hey, somebody's asked me, they're interested in this. What can you recommend for me? And then I will give you that recommendation. So, um, so yeah, so if you kind of have only looked at romance and thought, oh, it's just kind of, you know, straight white people, you know, opening cafes and yeah. you know, having a lovely time and, you know, having a few small problems and then, oh, they, you know, lots of kissing. But yeah. it's, it, there's so much more to romance than that. Yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not denigrating what I write. I love what I write. No, no, no. Um, but you just love what I write. I'm just saying that what I write isn't for everybody, but there is a romance story yeah. for everybody out there. Yeah. And I can help you navigate your way to that if that's what you're interested in. Yeah, that'd um, be great. By the way, you know how you said, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. You've heard this podcast. This is Tangent City. Don't apologise for anything like that. I did warn you, though. I did warn you. So, but it just, you know, it occurred to me, and I thought that's a really important point that yeah. I want to make. Yeah. That, you know, I know that's something that turns a lot of people off romance. Um, and and again, if 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 you know, if you're really into thrillers, then there are romantic thrillers. If you're really into sort of high fantasy, there are you know great people writing in high fantasy that will also deliver you a really satisfactory romantic relationship within that story um and, and and i don't see why you can't have both you know that to me is like the best of both worlds yeah and and that's one of the things that really appeals to me about romance so yeah and so um, so it has to have a it has to either have a happy ending or a happy for now ending yes are, are you allowed yeah. to with a happy for now ending have something on the horizon that suggests uh, a next obstacle to overcome or does it have to be happy for now and then you just know that there will be something because there's another book? You can definitely kind of foreshadow yeah. that there's trouble on the horizon because um, because a romance, 
without conflict is is there's no story yeah that's one of the things when people come back to me and they say oh, I'd love another book in this series and I'm like well what would I do because the only way I can give you a story that actually you'd be interested in reading would be for me to betray the happy ending that yeah. I've already delivered yeah uh, you know and then you'd hate it yeah um so so with the happy for now you have to kind of um as long as at the end of whatever journey you take those characters on, yeah. there is a promise of the happy ever after. Right. Um, you can still, you know, have some problems in the way. Yeah, some dark shadows um, on the horizon. Absolutely, yeah. because that's life, isn't it? And yeah. that's that's what happens to people. We all, you know, life isn't isn't sort of, you know, a lovely sort of linear line. It, you know, it goes up and down, up and down. Um, you know, there's lots of highs and there's lots of lows. So I don't think there's anything um that that's inherently wrong with that um my only other rule for romance is don't kill the dog <laughs> that is kill. <laughs> I, I put that in the wow. notes and i'm and i'm yeah. i'm i i'm so serious about yeah. that do not kill the dog oh, that's... you can kill anybody else yeah. you can kill all the grannies you like you can kill the mums and the dads and the brothers and the sisters and whatever don't kill the dog your readers will never forgive you yep that stood out. It was like in in the notes that you sent me. That was like it wasn't, but it came across like it was in point thirty six Helvetica font uh, compared to everything else. I was like, whoa, yes, yeah. don't kill the dog for any reason. <laughs> yeah, um, a personal rule for me because lots of people don't like it, and it's incredibly difficult to do it well and to do it in a satisfying way um is no cheating no you can you can transition a character from one relationship to another relationship but people are very unforgiving oh so um, so you mean sorry they they so yeah jim can go out with kate and then he can go out with susan but there can't be any crossover or no one's going to give a shit about jim you can you can you can meet the person that you're going to end up with. Right. Um, and you can acknowledge that there's an attraction there. Right. But you can't then, you know, go home with them right. and then break up with whoever you're with. You need to kind of deal with the first relationship before you can move on to second relationship. Oh, right. I mean, that's not a hard and fast rule. And, you know, there are sort of darker romances, which isn't, which is a bit of a, sort of subset of the genre it's not something that I'm particularly interested in but a lot of people are um and you know that's what I mean when I say that there's a romance out there for for everyone that that you know maybe that's not a hard and fast rule but for kind of traditional romance and the kind of romance that I'm writing and as a reader of romance that's a big stumbling block it can be done people can do it and people have done it very successfully but certainly if it's something you're starting out with I would I would say winning a reader over with that you're going to have a really really difficult job um so you'd have to be absolutely rock solid on why you were doing it and what the point was of it in the story there has to be you know a really you'd have to find a really good reason for it interesting yeah yeah no no it makes a really good sense so what happens if your lead character cheats on his wife, and then when he's sneaking back home, accidentally runs over the dog. Do two negatives make it all right? 
I guess <laughs> not. <laughs> no. No. It'll be a no. whole lot of fuck the this only, guy. The only way you get over that is if the dog gets in the car and accidentally sets off the brake oh, yeah. and runs him over. Oh, runs him over. Then you're yeah. fine. Then, then you Great. can, you know, then you'll get some, yeah, the dog kills the guy. Yeah. The, the dog kills the cheat. That yeah. would work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put that one in the next uh, the next novel. Uh, what's, what's a rule that you've broken? Or even like, you know, one of your own rules that you've looked at and thought, ah, I want to see what happens here if I kind of push against this. Um, I think um, one of the things that that we're sort of um, in romance that I think we're, and there's a positive thing that we're moving towards much more is um, uh, is is getting rid of the traditional kind of, you know, exceptionalism so not like that other girl or you know it's okay that one of the reasons that um that you know the guy has left the girl or uh is because you're so much nicer than they are so so you know having an unlikable um Ex. female character yeah. as 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 a as an antagonist yeah um is it's it's kind of cheap and it's lazy um and it reinforces kind of unpleasant stereotypes that that I kind of want to move away from and romance generally is moving away from because um you know you shouldn't be making your character look better because you're denigrating somebody else yeah that, that's that that's not kind of feminist for want of a better word yep. if, if that makes sense yep. um so one of the things I you know people love if you look at like something like legally blonde you know, Elle's wonderful, Elle's brilliant. Uh, she's such a great character. The thing that lets that storyline down for me is the fact that the guy that her ex-boyfriend, the, the girl that her ex-boyfriend leaves her for is an unlikable woman. Right. So therefore, you know, one of the reasons why it's okay for her to be trying to win him back is because we've been kind of taught to dislike this other girl that he's chosen right because she's an unlikable woman so therefore Elle looks better in comparison to her um but Elle doesn't need that because Elle's absolutely fabulous and shiny and brilliant and wonderful and independent and different thinking but uh, you know it's uh, that's a negative that I don't I don't appreciate I don't like it in my writing yeah um in the similar way when um when you guys were talking um about Thor and and Ben raised the issue of fridging. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And, and and how you know a lot of people are, are starting to get turned off by that in in kind of crime books and thriller yep. books that you know the only reason that you've got this woman in there yeah is is to kill her off so that your you know your main character can then go on the emotional journey that they need to go on. Yeah. Um, so it's things like that that you kind of that I that I want to move away from um my other rules really are kind of more general writing rules which are you know there's so much kind of prescriptive advice out there like you must write every day you must do this you must do that you must plan um the only thing I would say is you have to have a routine you have to write regularly Mm. but you know so many people have so many things going on in their lives and that writing every day is a luxury yeah. really yeah um but it's also even if you could write every day i mean i have the time and the space to write every day but it's not good for me yeah because you know i need time i need some downtime i need some 
you know, mental space uh, um, and and uh, some sort of emotional space from it as well to kind of let the story cook and, and to kind of give myself a break. Um, so, so yeah, so that's one of the things that I think is, and it's a real gatekeeping thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people who are interested in writing and they think, well, my God, you know, I've got the kids doing this and, you know, I've got work full time and, you know, I need to go and help, you know, my mum with her shopping or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of talking probably more from a generally from from women's point of view rather yeah. than a man's point of view, because, you know, that's a fact of life, isn't it? I yeah. think we're moving better towards better emotional and, and, and sort of labour sharing balances. But traditionally uh, for women, it's been that's been a real thing. So I would say, look at your look at your schedule, look at your calendar and 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 say, well, actually, I've got two hours here. I've got an hour here uh, and I've got, you know, every other week I've got a couple of hours here um, and block out those times for you. Yeah. Schedule that in, schedule yep. that in for your writing. So take your writing seriously and make it clear to your family that this is time that you're taking for you and this is when you're going to write um, and and commit yourself to doing that yeah. um, because you're entitled to that time. You are, you know, we're all in, entitled to take some time um to be creative in, in whatever we're doing and, and 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 to take that time for ourselves I don't think there's there's anything wrong with that but I think that you have to give yourself permission to take it seriously yeah because if you don't take yourself seriously then nobody else is going to so I think you know uh, that sort of negative mindset where you sort of talk yourself down and you say oh well you know Oh, it's not really anything. It's just, you know, I, I was thinking about it, but, 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 you know, and you're already telling yourself that you can't do it. So, um, so if that makes sense, yeah. then that would be a, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, I think, I think uh, sorry, but just the, I think the heavily scheduled life is, is a, is a pitfall because, hmm. it, and, and it's not just for writing, it's for exercise, keeping a diet, you know, whatever. It, so often when you, just run out of time and don't achieve some of those goals, it can mm. send you into a tailspin of, oh, yeah. I failed, uh, I didn't get around to it, oh, I'm bad at this, and they're the stumbling blocks that can derail you from whatever it is yeah. uh, as a goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I think we're very bad at doing something that's for us personally. Yeah, We're always finding time in our schedule to to do stuff for other people, Yeah, um, but we're not great at, taking time for ourselves yeah uh and i think that's as you say that's really important in whatever you do and take it seriously take yourself seriously um and have respect yeah with yourself um uh, certainly i mean we you know we've, we've sort of touched briefly on on the fact that you know romance is 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 you know still kind of derided by a lot of people or dismissed by a lot of people um so i'm never embarrassed about it because I refuse to be you yeah. know this is my job I, I'm I make a wage from this this is what pays my bills yeah um and I think I'm pretty good at what I do and and people think I'm you know enough people think I'm good at what I do to come back and, and buy another book so um so why you know why wouldn't I tell people Wh so why be embarrassed so I don't just say yeah. Oh, I'm a, yeah I don't say I'm a writer I say you know I'm a romance writer yeah Right. Or, you know, I write romance novels. That's my opening gambit. When people say, what do you do? 
I'm a romance writer. I write romance novels. I'm right out there from the start. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, well, I write, oh, what do you write? And, oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know. Yeah, well, it's good. I'm not going to be shamed for it yeah. because I love it. And, and you know, I, I, I bring a little bit of joy into people's lives and, you know. Goodness me. But also you just Don't we need that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and also you just get away from someone that you eventually are gonna find out that you don't have anything in common with. So you say that, if they get, turn their nose up, you go, Thank you. You've just saved me ten minutes of talking yeah. to you to get to the point where I realise we have nothing in common. So I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm off to get yeah. a snack. Um yeah. we should uh finish up, but uh two quick questions. I will uh can you for someone who uh uh, sorry, actually, just before I get into that, do you listen to You Must Remember This, that the podcast no. about uh, about Hollywood in uh, the forgotten stories of Hollywood in the 20th century by Karina Longworth? She's fantastic. You will Ooh, no. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's um, so many uh, – she does seasons and, like, there's been – uh, you know, she did a she did a season about the uh, I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but the two gossip columnists of the twenties and thirties and forties who kind of ruled Hollywood. She did uh, a whole series on Polly Platt, who was Peter Bogdanovich's partner and kind of like maybe part of his genius when he first started off, and she was in the background in her career. But anyway, they just did a season on sexy movies in the eighties, and I. It was fascinating, and it's like, fuck, I just could not even think of, like, it's just sex in the movies, like, sexy movies, just seem to have drifted off into the ether, and actually last night when I couldn't sleep, I put on uh, Out of Sight with George Clooney and uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez, and thought Mm. I'll just watch a little bit of it and churn through the whole movie, because it's so watchable, and... It is genuine. Oh, and their chemistry is just unbelievable. Off the charts, isn't it? Unbelievable. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like how the fuck that scene in the car boot works is beyond me, but it works. And it's uh, because the logistics of it are ridiculous, aren't they? But, you know, (laughs) for starters, where the fuck's the cameraman? But, uh, (laughs) and the boom mic, where, where, that's a small space. But, um, but anyway, what what if someone's listening to this and they're like, you know what? Maybe I want to give romance uh, uh, a go. Of course, we're going to plug your books. But what's uh what what else? Movie wise, TV wise, uh, book wise, what what's a good way in to the genre? Um, I guess it really depends on on what people are interested in. So uh, so I did a little bit of uh, of thinking. So um, one of my all-time favourite writers is is uh, is a uh, a New Zealand um, author called Nalini Singh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say for anybody who's kind of into into sort of fantasy and science fiction, um, she's a really good bridge into uh, what I would term as paranormal romance. Oh right. Which is a but it's a massive kind of subgenre. So traditionally it was kind of you know the sort of gothic vampire romances and and werewolves and and that kind of thing yeah. um but it's it's sort of expanded into in into so much more so uh and and she's one of the best world builders in the business she's amazing right. um her her side changeling series um 
I'll, I'll be very brief. It's, it's sort of a near future series. Uh, and there are three distinct species. So there's humans, uh, there's the Psy, who are um, humans with uh, with specific sort of psychic capabilities, yep. you know, so telekinesis and all that kind of malarkey. Yep. Uh, and then there's the, the changelings who are shapeshifters. Right. So you've got everything from leopards and wolves and, you know, the traditional sort of alpha species to um there's there's rats and there's deers and there's swans so uh, it's so it's really fascinating how she's kind of really thought about the fact that it's not just the big alpha species that uh, that are sort of shapeshifters you know it's it's all different things uh, and it's how they kind of coexist or don't coexist together right um uh, and and uh, the world has been sort of dominated by the side but that's sort of starting to fall apart because they have previously adopted a, a silence protocol where they decided that uh, the most efficient way to move forward was to eliminate all emotion right okay um, so so they've they've got this silence protocol uh, so they're completely emotionless and then you've got the humans who were a bit of everything and then you've got the side uh, the, the changelings who because they're uh, they've got an animal side to them they're sort of more reactive and more passionate right. and, and more uh, you know, so, so you've got those really big contrasts. Um, but the, uh, as I say, the world building is amazing. There's action in there. There's, 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 there's sort of elements of horror in there. Yep. Um, amazing romances. Each book is is a different uh, is is a different kind of hero and heroine. Uh, when she originally started, um, there was a very specific style to. Um, to the genre so some of the titles if you looked at it you might be like e. no so and the covers might be a bit off-putting right. sorry that's not very great that, that works for you as a visual but that didn't really work I didn't, I didn't really make a noise there sorry um but you might you know if you looked at it on the shelf you 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 might walk away from it because it you know the, particularly the the traditional covers uh, and the titles but the first book in the series is called um slave to sensation so you kind of get what i mean about yeah. The title's a bit, you know, well, you know, and people, I, you know, I think if you were naming it now, you definitely wouldn't use the connotation of, of slave in it anyway whatsoever. Right, yeah. um, but it, it, it's um, it, it's about a romance between a, a side character and a changeling and, and how that sort of comes about. Um, but as I say, the world building is, is, is incredible. Right. So I would say even if you're not really into the romance, I think it would deliver such a satisfying kind of epic and it is an epic and it's kind of ongoing. Um, I won't scare people by telling them how many books there are. <laughs> Let them... I, think we're on about, yeah. I think maybe we're on about 19 or something oh, like right. that. But, wow. the, but the story has developed yeah. and, the, and it kind of, um, it goes in little arcs. So, uh, so you, you sort of concentrate more on, on, on different characters and different species, but I think it's great. Um, uh, for people who like sort of police procedurals and detective type things, uh, there's a series um, about a character called DCI Ryan. Uh, and I'm a real champion of these because the author is LJ Ross. Um, they might be more well known in the UK, but she's an absolute publishing phenomenon. She's self-published. Yep. Um, and, and and she has just sold, I think she's in the millions now. Uh, yeah, right. Um, wow. But you get... Um, uh, but it's a, uh, they're set in Northumberland, in Northumberland, up in the north of England. Yep. So sort of around Newcastle area and things like that. So they're really atmospheric. The geographical settings are brilliant. 
the characters are great. You get a proper kind of police murder mystery type thing, but they've got an ongoing, really strong romance throughout them. Yep. So that I think would be kind of a good transition and, and to get an idea of whether or not you can kind of think, well, actually this is quite interesting and maybe you might want to, that might be a good stepping stone towards more romantic suspense and things like yeah. that. So I, but I mean, I would just recommend them, even if you're not into romance at all, I think they're brilliant. They're just good books. Um, I yeah. love the audio books. The guy who narrates the audio books um, is fantastic. Uh, he's, he's off the charts. Um, if you're more into a comedy, one of my absolute favorite films is a film called Man Up, which I'm not sure yeah. if people know about. It's more of a smaller independent thing, but it's Simon Pegg. Oh, right. He's, you know, from yeah. Hot Fuzz and yeah. all that kind of thing. Uh, he's, he's the romantic lead. And that is the perfect kind of um, meet you um, and, and sort of. Uh, so he's on a blind, he's going to meet somebody on a blind date. Uh, and that's the premise is that, it, that the setup is that uh, both he and the woman that he's been set up with uh, will be holding this ridiculous self-help manual thing and they're going to meet under this clock. Right. Um, and the heroine, through a sort of slightly convoluted way, she gets given the book. Right. So she happens to be, and she's, at the station for another reason, but she's holding this book. Right. And he comes up and talks to her and, and because of what's been going on in her life and because of where she is. Um, and because we're kind of, you know, it's quite a British thing actually not to want to embarrass somebody and tell them that they've made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. She goes along, you know, cause we do that, you know, we do end up in ridiculous situations because we, we don't want to go actually, no, you're completely wrong. Yeah. I actually, I, I, I have somebody who called me Sally. Yeah. For years because I, you know, I, I sort of let it go once and I thought, you know, they'll realise they've made a mistake. And then I was Sally forevermore and I never told them. I never, so every time I, I saw them, because it was just, it's such a British thing to be yeah. like, well, I don't really want to embarrass you. Know? And then I got beyond the point where really I could just go, do you know what? Yeah, <laughs> there was a time I could have fixed it. Yeah, but now it's too long. I'm now Sally and that's fine. Right. And, I'll, and I'll be Sally to that person forever. Um but she goes along with it. Yeah. So they're then on yeah. this. So they're then on this blind date, um, under this sort of false premise. So that I think that was a brilliant twist. Yeah. Um, and also that they're kind of it's an unconventional. You know, Simon Pegg is an unconventional romance hero. Yes. You know, he's not Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. You know, he's a very much an everyman kind of thing, uh, and it's hilarious. Um, yeah. It's it's a brilliant comedy, but it's got a really brilliant kind of satisfying. You know, it's like a real old-fashioned romantic yeah. comedy yep you know that we've sort of talked about before that you know what happened to those yeah they're still there that's there um for a proper kind of series to get into uh virgin river on netflix okay yep. uh is, is the small town romance is a massive trope um robin carr is hugely successful um so if you really want to kind of understand the beats of a traditional kind of small town romance then you know even if you watch it from a sort of critical point of view, from a trying to understand how the genre works, that's brilliant. You've got everybody with lots of tragic backstories and lots of their own personal conflicts and, you know, how that affects the relationships coming together. You've got the community, which is a huge part of, of uh, particularly the kind of books that I write. People are as, as invested in the setting and the community as they are in the characters. You've got some really good um, older couple uh, sort of romance in the background you've got a younger couple in there as well uh, lots of comedy yeah lots of drama uh, so really if you want a kind of nutshell 
this is a romance product, yeah. then Virgin River would be, you know, would, would be something. Um, and yeah, as I say, um, if people are interested in something in particular, you know, give me a shout out in the, in the, in the Facebook group because I've got historicals, I've got yep. you name it, I can recommend it to you. Um, but it's it's knowing what people might be interested in and and and, and what they're interested in trying, then you know, come and say hi, um, ask me and I'll and I'll find you something. Yeah. Um, well what I'll do is when the podcast goes up in our private Facebook, uh, Big Squid Facebook page, I'll put yeah. like I'll put a link so then you know with your photo and everything and people go, Oh, there it is, there's the post I can I can ask there. Yeah. Um, and if I'm allowed to pitch for another podcast, because yes. nothing, uh, there's a podcast called Fated Mates. Okay. Fated Mates, because that's a big romance trope, particularly in, in sort of uh, paranormal romance. But, right. you know, this is your one, this is your one true love and yes. your fate will bring you together. And, you know, uh, so that's where that came from. Um, but that's run by a, a romance writer and a romance kind of editor critic uh, in the States. And they do, um, there's, They've done things that are specifically about a, a series, a bit like you did The Watchmen. Right. Um, they've done one about a series of books, but if you're not into that, you won't want to listen to those. Right. Um, but I got into it because I love this series of books, but they are bonkers. Right. Um, uh, but uh, in the best way. But yeah. if it, it, I wouldn't recommend It's called Immortals After Dark. That is not where I would suggest anybody starts their romance journey. Right, right. <laughs> you need to warm up. You need to warm yeah. up to get into that. Start jogging <laughs> before you do the sprints. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's kind of that's Usain Bolt of romance. Yeah, kind right. Of I love it. I love it. That, that's not your Sunday fun run. Yeah, <laughs> but they do. Uh, they do these interstitial episodes, which are about specific topics. So they'll do one about um, historical romance. They'll do uh, uh, one about romantic suspense. They'll do one that's meet cutes. They'll do you know whatever you think you might be interested in. You could just run through their list of topics and think oh well that sounds like it might be quite interesting and then they'll talk to you about the conventions um and what makes those stories work what doesn't make that you know what doesn't work sometimes and really good recommendations um and they're brilliant at recommending kind of diverse romance and yeah uh, and 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 sort of really good uh so i listen to that and i love it um so if you but they've got much more sort of information if you want to have a bit of a romance deep dive then that would be a good place to start that's great that's all great suggestions always uh, i'm completely fine with talking about other podcasts on this podcast as i said we just talked about you must remember this which i think is wonderful so that's uh that's two I've podcast suggestions down. yes i wrote that down yeah. it's on my notes yeah. that's, when we finish i'm going to download it because that sounds absolutely uh, yeah. like something i've been fascinated oh with, yeah, yeah you're going to be wrapped so uh mm. now before we let you go one last thing where can people find your work um uh, everywhere really um my um on the usual sort of uh, website sort of amazon kobo um you can also find me um in in bookstores my books are available in all formats they're yep. ebooks audiobooks um paperbacks um and uh, you can find me in the facebook group yep. <laughs> you can find me on uh facebook i'm sarah bennett author um you're on twitter gosh, what am i on? i'm on twitter what am yep. i sarah Lou underscore right something ridiculous something like that it, I ought to change it but it's too late now <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but um yeah um and uh, i'm on instagram i'm sarah bennett author on there and that's just mostly pictures of me drinking unfeasibly large beers on holiday it really is yeah <laughs> and it is it is you know you've seen it it's, it's me with beers um and and a few bits about my books and things like that so um so yeah please do if you're interested come and say hello come find me or you know track me down in the group and 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 come and have a chat and, yeah. and i hope that I think if one person picks up a romance book or thinks, oh, I might give this a try, then then my job is done. Yeah, it's you and Alice Fraser changing the world, and I wouldn't have it any yeah. other way. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on to uh, talk about more of the different types of genres and unpack how they work as well. So I'm glad yeah, we finally made that. this happen. Be... Yeah, I am too. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you to Sarah for being my guest for the podcast. She must be our first uh, guest who's had an episode dedicated to her and has also been a guest. Wow. There we go. Breaking new ground here at Big Squid. Uh, Sarah and I had some ideas for what we could do in the future as a possible rotating segment. So for those of you who are on the private Big Squid Facebook page, can you please make certain you let Sarah know how much you enjoyed her as a guest on the podcast? Maybe we'll discuss our ideas with you there as well and people can see uh, what we have brewing a big thank you also to michelle for being our patreon subscriber for the episode you keep bringing the sunshine to the marvel experience michelle and help some of us find our way out of the dark a quick plug for all the gigs coming up. Our Big Squid Live podcast is happening in adelaide on september 16th with guests rove mcmanus tom gleason adam richard and ben elwood there's a second wave of guests that I will announce next week in our final podcast for Season 5, so keep your ears out for that. It's going to be big. It's going to be a big, big show, and we're all discussing the art and entertainment that inspired us to become the performers we are today. You can find tickets at adelaidecomedy.com, and my Big Squid listeners can score a discounted ticket by using the promo code BIGSQUID. Make sure you use that promo code to save yourself some money. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you something I haven't told anyone yet. Before we start recording the podcast, we're going to bang out an hour of stand-up. So you're going to get a stand-up show as well. So you'll get a stand-up show and then we're going to record the podcast and the podcast will probably be in in, in two segments. So <laughs> it's going to be a long show. Uh, I think it was Monica who said on Patreon that maybe she might bring a picnic basket to get through the show. Also, if you are an OG fan of my work from back in the 90s, might have a little surprise for you. We'll leave it at that. For friends in Sydney and Melbourne, I have a new solo show called Little Victories that will be performed at the Sydney Comedy Store on the 28th of October and at Comedy Republic in Melbourne on the 26th of November. Once again, my Big Squid listeners can access a discounted ticket by using the promo code PODCAST. You can find links for the shows at comedy.com.au. Finally, if you'd like to join our Patreon where you can get access to secret podcasts, scripts, competitions and heavily discounted tickets to live events, head to patreon.com for forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid to find a tier that suits you. I'll be back next week with the finale for season five of Big Squid as we finish up our deep dive director series with David Lynch's Inland Empire. Let's finish with a quote from Diana Gabaldon. Conflict and character are the heart of good fiction and good mystery has both in spades. Until then.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.